Coming to you from sunny Sacramento, it's How I Built My Business, an entrepreneur podcast. I'm Dave Carlson, and thank you so much for listening. This show is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. We help businesses lease and purchase office space. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurial nerds to share their stories. It's a support group for those of us who just can't help but start businesses. So now we are going to jump into our show. Uh, Today's guest is a longtime family friend of mine, uh, Emily Jimison. She's a founder and CEO of 77 Cosmetics. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. I'm incredibly excited to be here and chat and catch up. Entrepreneurial nerd. I love that. I feel like I very much fit into that category. Well, absolutely. I before this interview, I listened to some of your videos and you were kind of telling the story of your business. And I realized how much you've learned on the business side and and really how much goes into, you know, building a cosmetics company. I mean, we'll get into your you know full story a little later on, but one thing I picked up from a couple of your other interviews is that you said at a young age, you knew that you wanted to be involved in cosmetics. I also knew you wanted to be involved in cosmetics at a young age. Uh, and that was because you and my sister used to put makeup on my little brother, uh, usually against his will. Oh, no. Unfortunately, um, your little brother, Mac, kind of um, got the burden of my experimental <laughs> cosmetic phase from a young age. But luckily, he's he's grown out of being um, our our little test dummy. So uh, I've moved on to to bigger and better mo- models. Sorry, Mac. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 so awesome. You're obviously one of my uh, sister's best friends, and you know we all yeah. grew up in the same neighborhood. Our families are great friends. I mean, you were just absolutely crushing it and such an impressive business owner. And uh, I'm sure you know, but you're, you know, you're kind of the pride of the neighborhood and everyone loves to brag about all the celebrities, you know, and all the shows you've worked on. So it's really fun for us. Well, shoot, you're just about the greatest hype man ever. Um, (laughs) I think I need these phone calls more often. No, but thank you. That's incredibly flattering. Um, You know, it's funny, like, you were saying it's funny to see me on the business side of things, which is incredibly accurate because, (laughs) you know, I started doing makeup and makeup was my, um, you know, realm. And that's where I felt comfortable. I went to college and I actually got a sociology degree, which doesn't quite have anything to do with business. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, from there, I, I, you know, I, I got, what's called quote unquote, a regular job out of college. And I just felt something missing. And I felt like I needed to hone into that passion for working in the beauty industry. And I just kind of took a jump and never looked back. And, um, and here we are. It's no, it's, and it's, it's so funny. You point out, you know, a sociology degree and now you're, you know, a founder and CEO and, you know, I was a business major and, you know, I might've learned a few things, but, I'm sure as you'll attest, running a business and reading about one in a textbook are just not the same thing. I think that, you know, really just throwing yourself in the deep end the way that you have, the way that a lot of entrepreneurs do, there's really no, there's no college course that's going to prepare you for that. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I think business, the way I've experienced it at least has been 100% networking and experience. And I think a lot of it is just jumping before you're ready. I spent a lot of time worrying about failing and worrying about what people thought. And looking back, I wish I would have 
you know, not wasted so much time and just jumped sooner because at the end of the day, you kind of just have to go after what you want. And if, if you build it, people will come. <laughs> Absolutely. I love, I love that reference. Yeah. And, and I think you're totally right. So many entrepreneurs I talk to, they say, gosh, I wish I would have started this earlier. But I think you're, you're kind of comparing it to an alternate reality of yourself. Whereas right. nine out of 10 people, maybe, you know, maybe 49 out of 50 people never start anything, you know? So it's like, if you compare yourself to, you know, I wish I would have started earlier. I think you have to give credit to the fact that you took the leap at all, which most people really just don't have the guts to do. Yeah. And I actually give a lot of credit to people like you and um, like, I'm a big podcast listener. So listening to people who have done it before, who have been down similar paths are kind of like a way to give yourself validation because you kind of hear that these people started exactly where you started or learned and went through the same mistakes that you went through. And it's, it's almost just like that validation reinsurance you need to keep going. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people will say, you know, you might make it look easy. I mean, people look at your Instagram, all your followers, all the awesome things that you're doing. But, you know, from what I've heard, it really started with you hustling and going door to door at, you know, agencies in Los Angeles and, and really kind of putting in that extra effort that most people weren't willing to do. Um, can you tell yeah. us a little bit about, you know, how you kind of got started as a makeup artist, you know, before you started your cosmetics company? Totally. Um, I think it's actually important to be transparent about the whole process because I think sometimes it's glamorized in a sense. Yeah. Like people hear the word CEO or like founder or business owner <laughs> and think you're just automatically successful. And I think for me, at least, it was in incredibly important to hear about, you know, failure, mistakes, um, not only the peaks, but the valleys and, and hurdles that people had to go through in order to be successful. It's not always linear. Totally. Um, it's it's up and down, especially this year. And I think it's important to, you know, discuss the lows as much as the highs. And um, I'll kind of jump into it. So I, I went to college. I had a regular job. I decided I wanted to be in the beauty industry. And um, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of a go-getter. And <laughs> yeah. I know that's hard to do if it's not um, like built into your personality. But I knew that if I was going to do this, I was going to go 110%. I knew I was going to move down to LA and um, never look back. So I was a professional makeup artist for a really long time. And like you mentioned, I did everything I possibly could to work, whether that was for free or just gaining experience or to meet someone who would lead me to a job later in life. Um, I picked up every single job that I could. And my dad is a big business guy. And um, I think we knew down the line we were going to do something. And so my dad just at a young age was like, start playing around. Like, if you want to do a skincare or cosmetics line one day, like, let's just start researching researching it for fun. And you don't have to do anything with it right now. Just kind of dip your toes in and, and see what it's about. And let's look at logistics um, instead of the end goal, right? Like he was really good at being like, okay, what's step one, two, three, four, not, <laughs> not step a hundred. It's not, where do you see yourself at the end of this? It's like, where do you see yourself stepping next in order to grow this? Um, so I think I got really lucky in that my clientele was able to help me, you know, design certain products that they liked and, and spread the word. Um, but really it wasn't until about a year and a half ago where I transitioned into doing this full time. Um, I was still 
trying to make ends meet as a makeup artist and and have an income while I was working on my business. I I wasn't taking a dime out of the business. Um, and I think that's a really, really hard thing to do if you don't have another source of income. So I think that's a really important thing to talk about as well. Um, once I trans transitioned into doing it full time, it was it, it was a whole nother whole nother ball game. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. We're in the phase of scaling and we're not quite an indie skincare brand anymore. We're taking some bigger meetings that I, I never dreamed of having, but it wasn't until I decided to take the leap and do this full time and, and not have a source of income anymore that that really started to show through. I think one of the things that I love the most about, you know, your folks, and obviously we're all blessed with some pretty supportive parents, but when you, when you said, you know, you wanted to become a professional makeup artist, start a cosmetics company, you know, your parents said, awesome, what can we do to help, you know, which is, <laughs> which is a lot better than, you know, the parent that basically says, oh, you know, are you sure you don't want to have a stable desk job, you know, with yeah, a what are you crazy? Um, I, I will say, I, shoot, I could not have a more supportive group, um, a more supportive tribe. Um, everybody tells me to keep going instead of questions why I'm doing this. So I think that's step number one. If you really believe in something, get yourself a group of people who who are your hype crew and, and tell you to keep going and look for all the reasons as to why it can work as opposed to why it's not going to. Um, I think why my dad and I are such a great team is because he's very, he's very practical, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the practical one. I, like I said earlier, I like to think of myself at the finish line instead of, you know, step one, two, three, four. So he's really good at like taking these big, obnoxious dream, dreams that I have and be like, okay, how do we, how do we logistically get there? So he's, um, he's been a really, really good source of practicality, if you will, because he's, he's really taught me how to take a, like a dream, a goal that, you know, I just sometimes would talk about and didn't think was actually obtainable and taught me how to get from point A to point B. And I think that is invaluable when it comes to business. Uh, you know, just just to add a little more to your backstory, are you willing to do a little gratuitous name dropping of uh, people you've worked with, events, shows you've been on, the, the sort of sure. thing that all of our moms like to brag about? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're funny like that. Um, so uh, it's it's crazy. Like in a job like this in freelancing, it's like, I, I want to make it clear that, yes, I was working a ton, but in the freelance world, it's like sometimes you get these huge, crazy jobs that'll take you through years and years and years of work. And then sometimes you'll have a lull, like especially this year, I think it's been really hard for the freelance world. But I was lucky enough to um, work on a TV show called Chrisley Knows Best um, at the very beginning. And I became really close with them. And um, it led me to other clients in Nashville and L.A. and New York. And I got to go to the Grammys and the Oscars. Oh, awesome. And all, all kinds of cool stuff that I will never in a million years take for granted. I, I look back on some of those events and, and think about how lucky I am to have been able to be a part of something like that for sure. That is awesome. And so of the Grammys, Oscars, big award shows that you've worked, do you like one more than the other? Or is it just like your, your company at each one? Like what, what would be your, you know, your favorite of those big award shows? Oh, gosh, they're just... They're just so cool. I think I think I really like being on the red carpet and I found that out 
um, pretty early. Like after going to my first one, I was like, wow, this is where I feel at home. I feel the most alive. I, I just feel like this is what I want to keep working towards. And, and then later it kind of transitioned into how do I teach people to do this at home? Like I've I've had a decade worth of experience and, and red carpet experience um, and making these people look a certain way. How do I simplify this and create a way to educate people to do this at home and help them understand that it doesn't have to be this crazy 30-step process? It it can be just a few staple ingredients if you take care of your skin, create a good base, and, and apply the right products. That is so awesome. So uh, for, for anyone who wasn't kind of keeping up, uh, give us a quick explanation of how you went from being a you know makeup artist on the red carpet to having your own cosmetic. And it sounds like you're, you're doing the cosmetic company full time now. Um, you know, what was that transition like? What was the process like? I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start as far as talking to a chemist and just <laughs> everything you had to do. It just seems really daunting. Yeah, it's it's incredibly different than being a makeup artist. So <laughs> that was the trickiest part for me. I was super comfortable in what I was doing. And, um, it, it was more, okay, I need to get logistical and practical at this point. So the, yeah, the first step was finding a chemist. At that point, like I mentioned before, I was just kind of playing around. Um, I, I had a couple of clients that I wanted to try something on. I was like, you know what? There's not a setting spray that makes you feel refreshed. I felt like all of them were silicone based or just had a bunch of crap in it and and didn't do what I wanted it to do. I wanted to kind of create an all-in-one spray that hydrated and mattified yet kept you glowing all night and kept your makeup intact. And so that was kind of my... Um, exhibit A. I went to the chemist. I sat down with them. I told them exactly what I wanted, what kind of ingredients I wanted it, wanted inside of it, um, and what I didn't want in it and, and how I wanted it to perform. I was very picky. I was not the easiest client <laughs> for them, that's for sure. But after I think a year of, I don't know, like 15 to 20 different samples, I got this one sample and I was like, okay, wow. I can't, I don't have anything bad to say about this. This is exactly what I asked for. And I don't think I ever thought that I was going to get something that I love so much that I would be happy to put my name behind and sell, but this was it. So that kind of spearheaded into the business. I was like, okay, well, shoot, now I gotta, now I gotta do something <laughs> like this. So my dad and I buckled down, we made a website, um, we had distributors, we had to find manufacturers and get a graphic designer and a photographer and do photo shoots. And, and I was just thrown into this business side of things, <laughs> which was fun. Now I look back, but at the time I was like, okay, I am up to my neck in something that I've never done before. And I think that's where people get stuck sometimes, right? They're like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Or you feel like you don't know what you're doing, or you have like imposter syndrome, syndrome if you will. And yeah. I think part of it is just doing it until you feel comfortable and, and understanding that everybody who has done something similar has felt the same way. Um, so we launched and I don't even know how it performed the way that it did, but for some reason people loved it. And so from <laughs> there, one product turned into two and then now we have 12 products. So it kind of became necessary to start doing this full time. Um, and now scaling is a whole different, whole different topic. So that's kind of how we landed up here. You were really willing to put the extra time in to get a product that you could really stand behind. 
Right. Right. And I think that's kind of what separates us now as a company too. Um, like this last year, we've really honed in on our brand and what we're trying to emulate and portray to the customer, right? I've learned very humbly that it's a hundred percent about the customer and listening to the market and, and hearing what people have to say and kind of tailoring that into every product has been a hundred percent of our efforts right now, um, especially in a time like this, it's important to listen and kind of adapt. So um, we've worked a lot on branding this year. So trying to, like I was saying before, taking my experience from the red carpets and a decade worth of doing makeup, I wanted to find a way to kind of minimalize everything. And so that's kind of where we landed on our minimalistic approach. We tried to do fewer ingredients, fewer steps, but still have a very, very big result, a good result, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, uh, taking a little step back, a question I always like to ask is, uh, you know, describe the worst job you've ever had without naming the employer so we don't get sued. <laughs> that's that's honestly <laughs> such a good question. <laughs> oh, boy, I've had, I, listen, I worked in LA and New York for a long time. I've had a lot of weird jobs, but I'll say <laughs> I'll say that my first job out of college, I was, um, I worked for this little firm and it was tech recruiting. So nothing even kind of similar to what <laughs> I'm doing now. Um, I wouldn't say it was a bad job. I was just in the wrong field. I just wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I'm incredibly grateful for that job because I would never be where I am right now. Or maybe I wouldn't have taken that leap to pursue makeup if I hadn't been in a position where I wasn't in love with my job. That that makes complete sense. I think sometimes it takes a job that you're not enthusiastic about to <laughs> remind you that uh, you might need to pivot and try something different. Absolutely. I think the most dangerous jobs are just the lukewarm ones where, you know, the pay is decent, the benefits are good, you know, you're not necessarily happy, but you're not unhappy. Those are the ones that you can really get stuck in. So I think, really? uh, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, thank God for the occasional bad job to uh, keep us motivated. Just a push in the right direction. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, we, you talked a little bit about how complicated it was, you know, making your own cosmetic, which to me is just beyond belief that you were able to do that. I think that is so cool. As far as business goes, we're pretty self-deprecating on this podcast. So uh, I like to ask, you know, what's a mistake that you made with your business that you won't make again? That I think this is one of the best questions you can ask people who have been through it before. Um I will say, I think, I think mistakes are incredibly important to make, right? Like I've had to kind of shift my perspective and understand that a mistake is just a learning curve or like a lesson. Um, now I try not to get so upset about them. In the beginning, it was like, <laughs> oh, you can't make any mistakes. But now I've realized that these mistakes are imperative in order to be successful. But I will say a mistake that I did make a lot in the beginning was, um, hearing no, I thought meant no, right? Ah. It's like someone would be like, no. And I would, I would take it so personally. I'd be like, Oh my God, they don't <laughs> like my product. They don't like me. I'm being rejected. And I would take it so personally. And, and something that my dad and a lot of other mentors that I've had have, have taught me that business is not personal and no, doesn't mean no, no either means not right now or try harder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give it, give, give me more, like entice me in a way to where I can't say no to you. So I think, um, 
taking no as a personal thing was my biggest mistake. And now I just hear no one. I'm like, okay, just not right now. Or, or where do I need to improve in order for this to be a yes? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally identify with that. I think as a result of, uh, you know, I, I'm in more of a transactional business and I, and I've been a entrepreneur for a while. And yes, I you think killing it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having a lot of fun and it's, it's been great. But I, I joke with my wife that um, I've become just kind of emotionally dead just because the ups and downs of, of, you know, real estate transactions and having your own business. And, you know, one day the, the deal's looking great. The next day something happens and there's problems. Like, I think it's just sort of caused me to just not react as much to positive or negative news. And I just kind of, you just sort of find that baseline of like, okay, today was not a good day. Tomorrow's probably going to be a good day. And, and you just have to sort of ride the wave. Right. Not every day is going to be a good day in business. Um, I think especially for this year, if you're down or if you're feeling like it's not going the way that you want it to just understand that everybody's in the same boat right now. And, if it doesn't seem like they are, I promise you they likely are. And if they're not right now, they, they have been in your boat before. So um, I think the biggest thing is just to keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. All righty. Well, uh, let's get in a quick word from our very important and high paying sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 0197710. So Emily, uh, we are back. And a question that I love to ask once we talk about mistakes and we talk about the hard parts of starting businesses, you know, what's something that you were particularly proud of for your business? Oh, um, I'll kind of spin off what we were just talking about. I think I'm proud that I haven't given up. I think there's <laughs> been, right. Like there's been plenty of opportunity to throw in the towel and I've taken a few really hard looks in the mirror and asked myself, okay, do you want to keep down this road? Do you want to keep going after this every, every day, the way that you are? Um, I think consistency in business is huge, even when things aren't going great. So I'm really proud that we've kept going and, and haven't given up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll tell you as, as someone who's done, you know, a good amount of sales and made a lot of cold calls, I think anyone that can step into agency offices like you and go door to door in person, I mean, that is something so few people are willing and capable of doing. Anyone who's done that for any product has my respect just because I think a vast majority of people, if they're asked to do that, they're just like, uh, no, no, thank you. Like, please give me a job where I can just sit at a desk and uh, do what people tell me to yeah. <laughs> going, going into the lines then like that and facing down a secretary that does not want you to be there. Um, <laughs> that, that takes some pretty serious guts. So I, I love that you were, you were able to do that. Thank Thank you for saying that. It's, it's, I think it's just about getting over yourself. And if you want something bad enough, knowing that this person is going to likely respect you more if you're able to walk up 
to them and ask directly for what you want, um, not just in business, but in life in general. Life is all about being direct about what you want. For me at that time, I wanted to be working on these editorial shoots and red carpets. So I would walk in and be like, uh, this is what I want. I want to work under your A-team and and hopefully be your A-team one day. What do I need to do in order to get there? So I think asking how to get there and showing up and showing that you're willing to do the job is half the battle. Oh, absolutely. And it's all reps too. You know, I mean, it's all, you know, all of those jobs that maybe you weren't super well paid. It just adds to your resume. You get better. I mean, you know, on cold calls and walking into offices, you really have to have a pretty tight pitch in order to, you know, be able to get their attention. And then when you get introduced to somebody who actually wants to work with you, I mean, you are dialed in, you know how to explain what you can do. Right. You're ready. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, perfect. Well, you know, last couple of questions here, are just kind of some random ones we'd love to throw in there. So who is your favorite sports team? College, pro, uh, whatever. What is your, your go-to sports team? Oh, Kings. <laughs> Kings. <laughs> All right. You can't be from Sacramento and not be a Kings fan. I love it. You were one of the first people to answer that question correctly. Oh my god! Uh, I've had I've had Lakers fans on very various people, but uh, that was a no hesitation answer. So bonus points for <laughs> Emily Jimson. I'll take it. And you know what's really funny is when you I was hoping you would say Kings because I remember when we used to watch the playoff games at your folks place and we'd have a big pool party and a barbecue and all the kids would be running around. Those were. Yeah. Obviously, the glory days of the Kings. The uh, we haven't days. had as much fun since. I think maybe what we need to do is just uh, have your folks put a barbecue on the calendar around when the NBA playoffs are going to be, just like way in the future, and just sort of assume, you know, just put it out in the universe that we're going to have a Kings playoff party, uh, you know, on oh, this done. date. We just won't tell them. Everyone just show up. That's exactly it. They, they will. Uh, we'll just send the invite out, and, uh, and 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 hopefully we'll have a reason to be there. I'm in. That's awesome. Okay, cool. How about uh, a good book uh, you've read or listened to recently? Ooh, I'm a big podcast girl. Like I, listen, me too. I listen to, but not a girl. Yeah, I listen to podcasts <laughs> a lot more than I read books. Um, you know, I really like this podcast called The Second Life by Hillary Kerr. She was a founder, CEO, entrepreneur. Um, she interviews all kinds of people who have been through the ropes. And uh, I just feel like there's some really great insight. Another one I like to listen to is Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. She gets to interview some really cool people. She does one with Bob Iger, who was used to be the president of Walt Disney and oh, yeah. huge, huge business guy. And I kind of like to hear all over the spectrum. I like to hear people who are in the same phase as me, people who have been in the same phase as me and who are at the top now. I think it's just cool to kind of broaden your horizon and listen to other business perspectives. I think that's just the way I like to learn and, and podcasts are just make it so easy to, to learn that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you. I love podcasts. I, I mean, that's the reason I started this podcast is I right. just love startup stories and, you know, learning entrepreneurs, you know, kind of journey to get to where they are. I just think that it's like, it's equal parts, continuing education and just like inspiration for those days where you're just kind of, like you said, you look yourself in the mirror and you're like, huh, you know, I think a 401k and a <laughs> desk job sounds pretty good today. Stability sounds pretty nice right about now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think I think they're really good for that. Yeah. Uh, 
Very cool. Well, yeah, I've, I've uh, obviously I've heard of Gwyneth Paltrow's. I have not heard the other one. What was the name one more time? Um, Second Life was one. And then Second Life. Yeah, Second Life. And it's basically all about people starting their second life. It's, you know, they have their first life, which is their normal job and stability, like we were just talking about. And then they start their second life, which is pursuing whatever their passion or entrepreneurial spirit is seeking. Um, and then, yeah, the second one is just the Goop podcast with Gwen- Gwyneth Paltrow and they have a bunch of crazy topics. It's not all business. They have, you know, self-help and, and mental health and all, they cover literally everything on the spectrum. It's more of just an easy podcast to listen to. Beautiful. Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. And as you know, obviously I, I love music. I know you love music too. Um, what is the last song you listen to? Feel free to lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm not proud of this um <laughs> good honestly, perfect uh, i just had frozen on in the background so <laughs> um definitely the frozen soundtrack wow um i probably should have lied huh no i think that is so poetic just because i remember being at your house you know with 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 blair and there was always musical show tunes on um you know i know frozen's not a not a show tune per se but uh, i think that that's the perfect answer i don't yep. think i could have scripted it better the jimison girls haven't changed much around here sorry <laughs> to disappoint you dave <laughs> no it's 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 perfect uh, at least some things are constant that's, that's awesome uh very cool well uh you know we're, we're almost at the end here so i just wanted to see what are some things that you want the audience to know about your offering and you know where can they connect with you you know what what do you want to make sure they know yeah um if you want to check us out our website is www dot seven seven cosmetics.com our instagram handle is seven seven cosmetics um we love chatting with our customers our followers our market and hearing from you guys um we respond to everybody and just want to provide a way to uncomplicate skincare and give people a more minimalistic approach and and kind of help them understand that skincare doesn't have to be so complicated absolutely that is so cool okay well you heard it there um that is it for our show uh, thank you again so much to emily for being here uh thank you to everyone for listening uh, if it wasn't for you and our guest i'd probably just be talking to myself <laughs> until next time support local businesses and stay happy thanks again thanks so much dave This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number is 019-77101. How's it going? Great. Um, God, you're really good at this. You're really good at keeping a conversation afloat. This is such a great alley for you, Dave. Oh, thanks. Oh, that, that's really nice of you to say. I appreciate that. We'll have to edit yeah. that back into the podcast.